Hello again, and welcome to the Nittany Rich Show and the eighth episode of the, ni- the 2019 season. I'm Rich Scarcella of the Reading Eagle, your host. We'll be talking about Penn State football, reviewing the Nittany Lions road win over Iowa, and previewing the whiteout game this week against Michigan. You can find this podcast at ReadingEagle.com and wherever podcasts are available. We do welcome your feedback. Joining me on this week's episode is Angelique Chingelis of the Detroit News, who covers Michigan, and Mark Wogenrich from the Allentown Morning Call, who covers Penn State. Angelique is joining us first. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, Rich. I, uh, I really appreciate this opportunity. Love to talk about uh, college football, and I love going to State College, so uh, it's a good week. Okay. Th- thanks again. Uh, can you tell the listeners where they can find your work? Oh, yes. It's uh, Detroit News, uh, DetroitNews.com, and I'm on Twitter at Chingelis, C-H-E-N-G-E-L-I-S. So that's, you know, we put everything there, so maybe Twitter's the best way to start. Number 16, Michigan, is 5-1 and one overall and 2-1 and one in the Big Ten, and coming off a 42-25 win at Illinois, uh, a game in which the Wolverines led 28-0 before the Illini scored 25 straight points. Michigan has played a very tough schedule, losing to Wisconsin and beating Iowa. Um, Angelique, what are your overall impressions halfway through this season? Uh, it's, it's just been a really uh, – this feels like a really long season, Rich. And I think in, in large part because there was a new offensive coordinator in Josh mm-hmm. Gaddis. I know uh, Penn State right. people are very familiar with him. Uh, you know, first-time play caller, first-time coordinator – Speed and space came here. You know, there's a lot. It just felt like a lot of uh, over-promising maybe early on, and we don't get to watch practice. And, you know, we're taking the players' word for it and the word for it and the coaches. And, you know, I think everyone thought this this offense would just come out uh, out of the, the start of the season against Middle Tennessee State and just be, you know, a juggernaut. And it, it's it's been tough to watch at times. Um, but I think since that Wisconsin game, and I know you can get well playing Rutgers in Illinois, but I, I think that they're taking steps. But it's still, you know, you look at this, the second half of the season for Michigan is brutal. I mean, after mm-hmm. Penn State, there's a night game at Michigan against Notre Dame. And, and then uh, you know, they go to Maryland, they come home, they got Michigan State, go to Indiana, and then home against Ohio State. So it's getting much tougher. The defenses are getting tougher. So that'll be the real test for this offense. But um, it, it's just been an uneven season and I think the defense is finally uh with you know th- with the exception of the third quarter against Illinois when they sort of fell asleep I think the defense is 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 starting to gel right now so and they feel like they've got their identity correct me if I'm wrong before the season didn't Jim Harbaugh say that he would allow Josh Gaddis to call all the plays and that he would sort of give him free reign yeah no he did he said in uh January he said he was handing okay. the keys uh to the offense to him and then there was an interview on ESPN just before the start of the season Rich and and Jim said you know I'm not going to rule out that if, I, if there's something I want to interject if I want to there's something I see that I want to call I'm, I'm going to be able to do that but they've all insisted that this has been Josh calling the the, uh, the games and um you know he's now down on the field too. He was up in the press box mm. and after that Wisconsin loss he went back he went to the field and felt like I think that that he could connect better with the players, and he's you know I think you know he's a pretty fiery guy. And, yeah, he is. Um, and I think they're feeding off of that. I know Shea Patterson, the quarterback, said he's, he really likes having him there, 
Uh, the receivers, he coaches, likes having him there. You know, they can see his face, and they don't have to get on the phone. And, and you know, I think he likes it better. Yeah, Josh is a he is he's a very has a very dynamic personality. Um, I know I can only speak for myself. I liked him. I like covering him. I like dealing with him when he was at Penn State. Seemed like a very bright guy. Um, and I think he was disappointed when Joe Moorhead left for Mississippi State uh, that he didn't get the uh, coordinator job at Penn State that uh, James Franklin hired Ricky Ronnie. But I, I, I think in time, like like you mentioned, it's just, he's a first-time play caller. Obviously, they're going to be growing pains. But I, I think in time, he's going to do a good job. I really do. That's the sense I get. And, and I've really enjoyed talking to him. He, he speaks as fast as he says his offense is going to be. So that's always <laughs> challenging <laughs> Uh, to transcribe, but um, no, I, I think that you know he he seems very earnest about this job. I, I you know after that Wisconsin game, there was a lot of criticisms, obvious criticism obviously about this this offense. I mean, they had 40 yards rushing. They really didn't have the ball much in that game, and um, he wasn't scheduled. That Michigan will pick the two coaches we talked to on on Wednesdays, and he wasn't scheduled. And and I don't know if it, it was he wanted to you know sort of stand up and face the music. But he showed up on Wednesday and talked to us, and I, and I thought that was a, that was a pretty um, that was impressive move mm-hmm. in, in my opinion. That you know he took questions about where this offense is after that Wisconsin debacle, and um, you know I, I I do I think you know you got to give him some time. I think people are frustrated with the hire and with the offense right now, but I, you got to let the season play out and, and see where it goes and see what Josh can do. Be, before I go into a couple other things. How has the Michigan fan base, how were they after the Wisconsin game, and how are they now? I mean, are they are they getting impatient, or are they already there? Oh, no, they're already there. And, you know, even during that third quarter against Illinois, when I mean, it looked like it was going to be a blowout. I mean, they get up to a 28 nothing lead. It looked like they were moving the ball at ease. And then, and then you know, a couple of the defensive players, well, actually, no, only one defensive player after the game, uh, Cam McGrone, who's been filling in nicely at, at linebacker, he um, he just said they, you know, essentially they checked out. And uh, once Illinois got their two-point conversion and, and you know, they pulled within three, that's when they said, oh, okay, uh, it's time to get interested again. And um, so the fans were melting down then. I mean, it, it, it's been really that Wisconsin game was brutal. And and to Harbaugh's credit, at least he you know he came out and said they got outplayed, they got outcoached, they got outprepared. And even though they both had a week off before that game, um, you know the Michigan just didn't look like it was prepared. And and he admitted it. And you know the the fans just there was it, it's angry. Um, you know that was that was a game that the players, Michigan players, said that it was going to be a statement. They were going to make a statement. Well, I mean obviously that wasn't the statement they wanted to make. And, uh, you know, then everybody knows that Rutgers is Rutgers. So what is that going to tell you? And, and the Iowa win, you know, if they get that, that win 10 points, 10-3, and it was just when Harbaugh said that the offense was hitting its stride after that game, I, I think people were just like, what's he looking at? Yeah. I mean, what's, what's he seeing? And how can you say this offense is hitting its stride And when you score 10 points? And uh, so it's just been – it's been constant, and it's, it's Harbaugh's fifth year, and it, it seemed like, you know, you, you were there Big Ten media days. There were people who were saying this is the team to beat in the Big yeah, Ten East, yeah. and, and it doesn't look like that team. certainly doesn't look like that team, not with Ohio State and Penn State playing the way they have, and there is that frustration, and it's, 
been a frustrated fan base for a long time, so it, I don't see it improving anymore unless they get a, a win in in, uh, in Happy Valley on Saturday night. We're talking with Angelique Chingelis of the Detroit News. Uh, Shea Patterson, Michigan's quarterback, went into this season with high expectations. Uh, he's completed 57% of his passes for nine touchdowns, three interceptions. Uh, what have you seen from him? Does this offense suit him? What are your thoughts on that? Well, that's what everyone had said. I mean, everyone, you know, Ed Warner, Michigan's offensive line coach, said this was tailor-made for Shea. It was something similar to what he played at, uh, at Ole Miss before he transferred here. And, um, you know, he was injured that first game, the first play when he fumbled and had an oblique muscle injury and, and you know, kept playing. And looked like he was maybe dinged up even in the Army game, sort of holding his shoulder a little bit. And um, I pardon me, the Wisconsin game. So I think that, um, pardon me, I think there's a doorbell sound in the background. I apologize. <laughs> no problem. But I think, you know, I think he is, he looked like he was getting more comfortable um, at Illinois. And they were getting, they ran the ball the first eight plays, ran the ball. It was windy, and that might have been, you know, part of the reason why. But, you know, they have really lacked a consistent run game, which is given, you know, give your quarterback compliments. And I really think that in those final two scoring, the, the one scoring drive when, uh, when Illinois had pulled within three, he really put, he just looked like Shea Patterson from last year, in my opinion. I mean, he looked like he was, he was in, he was in the rhythm of the game. I mean, he completed a long pass to Treat Black, then he completes an 18 yarder to Peoples Jones, and then, uh, that was fourth and two, and he got four yards on that play. And he just – they scored that that drive, and I haven't seen him – he threw a touchdown pass to People Jones, and I had not seen him that fired up in a while. So I think, it, you know, again, I, I, I it's hard to, to gauge where this team is and where Shea Patterson is after, after a game like Illinois, but, you know, he just looked more confident in my mind. And it, it's been a tough season for him, there's no doubt. Is the running game much different? I know – Charbonnet, Charbonnet, is it? Is it Charbonnet? Charbonnet. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. I mean, he he's been productive, but is the running the way they run the ball is it different from Michigan teams in the past? Well, it's 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 a committee. I mean, they really haven't settled on uh, you know one guy, and Charbonnet is a true freshman, and mm-hmm. you know I think that he, they worked him so hard in the Army game. He had 33 carries, mm-hmm. and you know that's just too much. And then this is a guy who had um, he came in, they knew he had to have knee surgery. A minor procedure done when he came in. He was an early enrollee, and uh, probably wasn't the best decision, but it's it's what they had at that point. And they are getting some production now from Hassan Haskins, who played linebacker at Michigan. Then he moved him back to you know he's been back and forth bouncing between the two, but hmm. he's been with the running backs, and he had a really productive game against Illinois. So you know then there's Christian Turner and True Wilson's back. He had an injury early. He was their probably their best back in, in pass protection. So they've got these four guys, and they're trying to figure out, you know, the best way to, to give you up snaps and games. But it, it's Charbonnet and, and Haskins right now look like the two hot hands. And uh, it, but it, yeah, it, it, you know, I, I'm used to some of those those old school yeah. Michigan teams where you had one back who really just was the guy that they worked and worked. And and right now they have a couple of them. And I wondered if it was going to be if it, it, it looked a little indecisive in a way this run game. But they seem to think it's working, and and I will say I think their offensive line, which I thought took a big step back uh, in that Wisconsin game, they were just getting pushed around. Uh, they got a good test against Iowa against that defense, and 
and they look like they're improving, and, and Illinois the same thing. So, um, you know, hand-in-hand, run game and, and offensive line, and, it, you know, I, I keep saying, I don't want to keep qualifying everything by, well, it was Illinois, but um, it was, but it, you know, they look like they were gelling yeah. at that point. Well, Penn State has Michigan beat because they're they're using four running backs. So, uh, and, and and we're not exactly sure. Uh, it's kind of uh, it, it's it's more like a board of directors than a committee. Um, it's just it it's 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 just very very different than what we've seen from them in the last few years. Uh, let's go to the Michigan defense, Angelique. They, you said they're playing better. It seems like they're playing better than they have since since the Iowa game. They have uh, 14 sacks, 25 tackles for loss uh, the last two weeks against Illinois and Iowa. Uh, Kalik Hudson is the leading tackler. Uh, where do you think they're at? Is it the same time? You know, I know Don Brown is still a defensive coordinator, so I'm guessing still a lot of blitzing. Where do you think they are right now? Oh, they're definitely, uh, they're definitely feeling like they are. Uh, you know, I, I do hate. There are a couple of words I hate that we talked around a lot, but identity. And mm-hmm. um, that came up a lot after that Wisconsin game. This team had no identity in any phase. And you certainly expected Don Brown for this defense to come out and, and carry this offense until it got its feet wet and, and figured out what it was doing. And that was absent, too. And, you know, this is a Don Brown defense. You know, they were they were definitely smarting after that Ohio State game last year. And, mm-hmm. and they yeah, were talking about blood in their mouth and all that stuff. And then they – they go to Wisconsin and get drawn all over in the first quarter by Jonathan Taylor. And, um, you know, after that, they came out of that. Uh, Michigan was just um, really lacking. I mean, their run defense after that Wisconsin game, they're ranked 114th nationally. And they've definitely picked things up since then. I mean, they had a really, really solid performance against Iowa with eight sacks and three interceptions. And, um, you know they're they're now they're 14th ranked 14th nationally. I mean they made a big jump. They were 47th after that Wisconsin game, and and uh, now they're 39th against the run. And and you know they do they get they're getting some really good production. They got a key guy back, uh, Michael Dwangford, tackle mm-hmm. back. He he had been injured, and uh, Josh Ross went out a high ankle sprain in the Wisconsin game. And Cam McGrone is a guy who's just really really turned it on, and he's become a force at, at middle linebacker and. Um, you know, I think they, they just feel like you know, they kind of had a swagger. And then they, they had that lapse at Illinois, and then they snapped out of it. And I think that they saw, at least judging by what they said uh, Monday, um, you know, they, they understand that they can flip that switch. And that, that game, they, sh- they shouldn't have had to do that, but they know that they can. So I think they feel, in a weird way, confident after that, after that lapse and being able to rebound. Angelique, Michigan has won four of the last five meetings with Penn State. Penn State is favored by a touchdown or so. What do you expect Saturday night? And maybe what's maybe a key matchup or two that you're looking at? Well, I mean, the key thing in my mind is, is Michigan these fumbles. I mean, it's it's been outrageous, uh, the number of fumbles they've had this year. And I did a chart last night. I mean, it was just – it's uh, – <laughs> 19 fumbles. I mean, wow. pardon me, 17 fumbles, nine lost. And you know, Shea Patterson had six fumbles. He's lost four. The running backs have had five and lost four. They've fumbled on punt returns four times and lost one. Hmm. So, I mean, it's just been, it's been really ridiculous. I mean, it's like you kind of you watch every series and go, okay, when's the fumble coming? 
because those first three games, they did fumble on their first possession. And the, the third one was that key, uh, the first series at Wisconsin, where they're at the, the seven and handed off to a guy who hadn't, hadn't carried since last season. They converted him to a defensive tackle and put him in there, and he fumbles. So to me, that's going to be the biggest thing is, is if Michigan can hang on to the ball, I do think that they can be efficient. They've had, they've had, uh, they've really shown signs of this, Rich. It's just that, you know, I think Gaddis made a good point after that Wisconsin game. They've lost 10 possessions because of these turnovers. They just, they could not get into a flow. And the one thing that, you know, this Rutgers and, and Illinois game gave them an opportunity to try to get into that rhythm. And, but I think it's, it's such an intimidating place to play and, um, and they know that. I mean, they, they certainly know what happened two years ago, even the guys who weren't there. They, they've heard all about it. Don Brown, you know, famously last year, kept yeah. saying he, you know, he, he just would wake up and think about that game. So they're well aware of, of how they have to prepare for that game. But, you know, I just haven't seen enough. I haven't seen a complete game for Michigan to say that, that, um, that they have a really good chance of beating Penn State. Angelique, thank you so much for your time. Uh, can you remind the listeners where they can find your work? Oh, thanks, Rich. Yeah, yes, in, in DetroitNews.com. We'll see you Saturday night. Thanks a lot. Look forward to it. Thanks, Rich. We're back on the Nittany Rich Show and joined in this segment by Mark Wogenrich of the Allentown Morning Call. Mark has covered Penn State football since 1998. Mark, thanks for joining us, and welcome back to the show. I appreciate it. Thanks, Rich. Where can the listeners find you? your fine work it we are at uh the morningcall.com or mcall mcall.com and on twitter just at mark wogenrich with uh, capital m capital w and for those of you who know us all my we, great videos are up there oh that's true right for those of the, for those of you who know mark uh and i uh this we're just warning you this will not be a new york yankees segment even though we probably prefer to talk spend the next 15 20 minutes talking about the Yankees. Um anyway, Penn State Yeah, well, you know, Penn State is is <laughs> anyway. ra- moved up to number 7 in both polls is 6 and 0 overall, 3 and 0 in the Big 10 coming off a uh, gritty gutsy or not I wouldn't say that. Just a hard-fought 17-12 win at Iowa Saturday night. Mark, what are uh, one or two takeaways uh of yours from the Iowa game? The I, defensively, I, it's almost like I feel like uh, I'm waiting for the, the bottom to drop out of it. That for some, an offense to maybe exploit, exploit or expose some elements of it, especially maybe you know uh, in the past game, it just really hasn't happened yet. Outside of that pit game, since then, it's just been so you know three level solid just uh, across the board, especially that. The, you know the group of front of the front seven have been tremendous yeah um that to me you know you spend like we spend the whole spring and summer hearing them say this is our fastest defense we've had this is our most athletic defense we've had and um you just kind of wait and see on it and uh, think yeah okay sure you know you guys great and you guys have the testing numbers that's fine but is it going to show up on the field and i think you are seeing it on the field i think you're seeing those ends not just in pass rush, but their pursuit level in the run game has been pretty terrific. Robert Windsor, I thought, had the game that kind of unleashes them. There was like one of those Carl Massip kind of games where he was just always around the quarterback and always mm-hmm. in the backfield. Um, their defensive line 
just, you know, they seem to go six deep. And it's almost like at times you don't even notice that they're rotating, no. that the pressure comes consistently. And you're like, oh, wait a minute, that's, you know, that's Jason Owe in there. Or, you know, when did, when did P.J. Mustafer yeah. come in? Yeah. I don't, you know, yeah. they just, they come at the wave. Uh, it, it, it comes consistently. So that's one thing that I almost have been surprised by, that they lived up to their own level of expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, has been pretty remarkable. Mark, the one takeaway, the biggest one when I sat back and thought about this was that the Penn State running game controlled the fourth quarter against a very good defense and that Noah Kane, freshman, uh, was impressive again, uh, picked up, I think, 67 yards and a touchdown in the fourth quarter, big five-yard gain on a third and three when they were trying to run out the clock. But when the Penn State depth chart came out this week, lo and behold, Journey Brown was still at the top of it. Uh, Do you think there will be changes in the rotation as early as this week? And what do you think should happen? I'm one of those who's not as – I'm not as – focused on well not not at all their depth chart that's going to be in the release right, that, that right. to me is just i don't know that i may give that any really uh sense yeah of of any importance what they're giving us i was struck by the fact that the first four series all four running backs came in but the fourth quarter was noah kane's exclusively if i'm pretty much i'm pretty sure it was it was exclusive to him he had three series like you said he had the, the 67 and he had the two big series. He had the touchdown series, and he had the uh, the two and a half minute drive at the end of the game. And really, I don't. I'm starting to think of when we've seen a, a game ending drive like that. Um, I mean, I almost have to go back to the Fiesta Bowl necessarily. Well, they they right. They, that's right. They did. They mm-hmm. ran some time off the clock in the Fiesta Bowl, but then they still had to give the ball back to they still, yeah, Washington. They had to give the ball back, but they. But right, it didn't. Yeah, they did not end the game. On their right, right. We we were talking about, and maybe yeah, you were you were. We Mark and I weren't sitting real close to one another, and I I think the last time they may have, it they may have run out the clock was in 2015, and it was either against uh, it might have been against Army, and and that's how far yeah yeah it's how far back it goes that they ran out the clock on their terms. Uh, with the lead, and that's nothing short of remarkable. It it really was, and with, like I said, you know, I'm whatever they're going to do because they're clearly they clearly look at these four running backs and say each one has mm-hmm. element to bring to the offense, and maybe a package, or maybe a set of plays, or maybe something that they're really good at that they're trying to to, to highlight. That's fine. I'm okay with that. To me, though, the what you saw in the fourth quarter shows where their I think their pecking order really is. I think they're looking at Journey Brown as maybe the Akeel Lynchish kind of starter to Saquon Barkley of twenty fifteen. And Noah is just you know, your your room is bigger now than it was in twenty fifteen. Yeah. And Noah is still a freshman. So you're still bringing him I think you're still bringing him along into this game. So I don't know if you want to overload his plate but when you need to run the football, they are going to Noah Kane. And they proved that on the road against in Iowa. That to me shows like he's their one without essentially naming it. I'm okay if they're going to rotate guys. I think it's, it's actually pretty good because if you think about it, he's, 
he has, I think it's 57 carries yeah. through six games. I mean, as you know, if he's uninjured, as long as he's uninjured, he's not, you don't have a lot of wear and tear. None of them really do no. at this point. And for a freshman, um, he's going to hit a wall. And you, as much as you don't, as, as much as they're going to be, you know, one to know this week kind of thing, do you want him laboring and, you know, kind of feeling being leg tired when you're at a, when you're in Columbus? In, in November, yeah, and that's game true. eleven. That's going to be the right. you know, that's kind of potentially a wall for him. You want him, and you want you know, all of them. But if he's your hot back, you want him as hot as possible and as fresh as possible. As fresh as that. possible. Yeah. I'm okay with what. Yeah, I think I'm okay. I get it. Yeah, kind of how they're doing it. Um, but like I said, I you know they proved in the fourth quarter that he's there. We need five yards. We need four yards. He's our guy. Oh, no question. Mark, we're talking with Mark Wogenrich of the Allentown Morning Call. Mark, um, you mentioned this about the defense, and I, I, I should have gone right back to it. You've covered this team for more than 20 years. I've covered them for more than 30. I know I can't remember in those since 1989 anyway. Um, when's the last time you've seen a Penn State defense playing at this level? I think I listened. Maybe uh, you asked somebody else that in the last couple of weeks, and I thought and I pondered that one, and, I'm, and I thought, you know, I don't know. So, you know, those I think those oh eight oh nine defenses were really good. Mm-hmm. In those cases, though, you know, I was, you know, two thousand five defense good, really good. Brent Prize had a couple of good defenses, but not to, to this level. In the past, Penn State's defenses have had some. They've had stars. They've had stars on the defensive line. If you want to, be, you know, go back. Yeah. Jared Audrick and Devin Still, and you, know, you can go down that Austin line. Austin Johnson. Still, yeah. At line, yeah, exactly. Yeah. At linebacker, I mean, you can go back all the way back to Lavar, and that sort of thing with Brandon Short, and all the way through with Hunt Lesney and Lee, and you know, Mike Hall and mm-hmm. Bowman and everybody else. I don't see necessarily. I mean, this team has uh, obviously Utor Gross Matos, and and is is a star um, and a first-round draft pick. And Micah Parsons is the, uh, an athletic – he's a future star in, an, you know, in a really high-end athletic body right now. I don't know that I see other at, – at this point, at this point in their careers anyway. I don't know if those young defensive linemen look like might be pretty good. Um, our way and, and Mustafer, I think, in particular. Mm-hmm. I don't know that – and Brandon Smith, the linebacker, but I don't know that I see a lot of, like, superstars. But, is it, defense, but, but, is, they, but isn't that what's they, unique about this defense is how deep they yeah. are, and they're de- and they're yeah. and they're not only their depth across the board, but you mentioned it too how good they are at all three levels. Yeah, and and they're growing it. I you know I think they've done. We focus a lot on the um, the, the running back rotation, and I, but I think they've done a really good job on. On their defensive rotations, which Absolutely. are enormous, they play so many guys yep. consistently. This is not just bringing in. I mean, they, you know, I'm Sean Spencer and Brett Pry really love the wholesale um, defensive line substitution. They all love running out like you know, it's like basically watching a hockey change. Sometimes they're not doing that as much as they're getting into the Big Ten, but they did that a lot early. But you look out. I mean, we sit up there and every you know, we sit up there with our binoculars and bucks every series, going. 
okay, who's in at linebacker now? Yeah. Okay, now that's Ellis Brooks is in there, and Brandon Smith, and Jesse Lucata, secondary. There's right, right. Fred Gordon, Keaton yeah. Ellis, and there's Jaquan Brisker, and, and here comes Jonathan Sutherland, and and it's it's consistent. These all these guys are getting a bunch of plays on defense. The I mean, who comes out or, or who stays in? a lot of the game it's like you know micah and micah parsons and john reed for the most part you know robert windsor played a ton because he was really he was really impressive yeah. even he hasn't played those linemen no, have those they, tackles right. I mean, kevin gibbons last year was just he was a 70 play guy and there's none of that not this year yeah no. you don't you don't see that as much and to have the kind of production that they're getting with this constant rotation in and out knowing you know and guys knowing where they're supposed to be, and young players knowing where they're supposed to be, that, you know, that's been, and, and to keep the level, to maintain the speed level, and the pursuit level has been, you know, that's been something. Yeah, extraordinary. You know, in talking about this, and I mentioned this to somebody last week, for how good this defense has played so far, again, they're they're going to be tested Saturday, They're you know, they're at Michigan State, you know, at Minnesota, and then they got to go to Ohio State, but with all the way that they're rotating so many players in, you wonder they're ranking. They rank among the national leaders in a bunch of categories. Who is going to get postseason recognition? Yeah, <laughs> because their numbers aren't going to be great. It's just an interesting. Like it's not you know it's not critical, and I'm sure that you know nobody's going to want to talk about that. But it's going to be interesting. Well, I mean, they haven't had a big time defensive player of the week yet. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. And, you know, and, and you know, Shaco probably was a really good candidate. Yeah, yeah. He last year, um, last week, but right, you, right. you know, Shaka's last week. Yeah, you know, Shaka and Yitor have five and a half sacks each. Mm-hmm. Man, I think we were talking about Yitor maybe being maybe even challenging like the school record kind of thing, and uh, you know, these guys have put together some huge games to do that. But uh, you, you know, I, I think you're right. I think maybe some of the coaches are they going to see that you know. Are they going to see some of these guys? Maybe they're all first teamers or look at some numbers. Uh, they're all going to be like first teamers, but there's there's so many elements. Yeah. As I said, there's so many elements of the defense. And one thing is that they make plays after giving up plays. They've done that quite a bit this year. They've given up, you know, they give up a big play or a run, come back the next play is a tackle for loss by somebody. Yeah. Um, you know, how many did they've gotten? They've been pretty good, pretty darn good in the red zone. Um, yeah, it's 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 really something. It's re- it's but just. I've just I've yeah. It's really it's I, just that a, that really has exceeded what I expected. Yeah, for sure. Mark, you have been to Beaver Stadium for a bunch of these games. How big a factor? How big an advantage is the whiteout for Penn State? Is it overrated? It's. I think it's a huge factor. It's. It might be overrated in the sense of who who they play against. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they could be, you know, they could be 10-0 and 0 in whiteout games if they were playing them against Illinois and, and Purdue every right, year. But they right. schedule, it's, it, what is it now? I don't know, it's eight straight years or something that it's Michigan or Ohio State. Right, right. So, mm-hmm. the, I, atmospherically, you know, they weren't, they were, yeah, obviously those, those years, where they're struggling, or you know, here comes number one Ohio State, or or whatever, and is the whiteout's not going to do much to help that? You know, it obviously did in in, in um, sixteen, but it's not. I I think it can be. 
I, I think it'll be a huge element. Saturday. Saturday, like okay. it was two years ago okay. with Michigan because I because they're better. I think Penn State is a better football team yes. than Michigan. Um, but otherwise, you know, I, I haven't seen a better, I, you know, in, in these like big giant games, I don't think I've seen a better atmosphere. No. Um, huh. Then, then the Penn State whiteout that's really vibrating. Yeah. I mean, we sit up there and I go, I really yeah. hope the uh, yeah. <laughs> we hope we hope cruising of the stadium can, can can handle one more season of this. So. You know, last week was a, was a great atmosphere at Kinnick Stadium, and I love Kinnick Stadium. I love I love mm-hmm. going there, but I think the whiteout is just on another level. It just is. Um, anyway, uh, last thing for me, Mark. Uh, Penn State is favored by a touchdown or so. Michigan has won four of the last five meetings. Give me a key matchup or two, and what do you expect Saturday night? Shea Patterson to me, I, I thought I thought Nate Stanley was going to be the deciding factor for Iowa. And he kind of was. Kind of was. I mean, with that the was a huge interception. Yeah. yeah. That that uh, he just unloaded again um, because of because of the pressure. I listened to, before talking. He was listening to um, Jim Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. from his press conference earlier today. And he says, I, I thought was kind of interesting thing that he thought Shea Patterson has been the best quarterback on the field in every game Michigan has played this year. Hmm. So I haven't seen, I, I just haven't seen a ton of Michigan. Um, during the bye week, I sat down and said, I'm looking forward to kind of, you know, checking this Michigan-Wisconsin game out at halftime. I think I went and mowed the lawn. because it was 28-0, and right. it was just a, just a difficult. It's a disaster, um, yeah. Yeah, and – and they got and it got away from him right off the bat when when Patterson I believe I'm pretty sure it was Patterson who fumbled on that first possession. I mean it was they had some quirky set where the first three games Michigan fumbled away. I mean they fumbled a shoot. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they fumbled their first possession away like the first three games. So it's just it's Patterson against the field to me, you know, because now Sean Clifford has he's got two road environments that mm-hmm. he's been part of now that he's seen this and. He's got night games under his belt, so he uh-huh. can go in there, and it's going to be a lot more comfortable for him. He's he gets, I, you know, I think he gets antsy and happy feet. Mm-hmm. It's going to be for him settling in. I think it'll be easier. But Patterson, I just find it, I find it difficult to believe that he can have the kind of game that Michigan is going to need. Okay, to be you know the the, the guy you know the quarterback who can win a football game. Um, yeah. But I think they're probably Penn State. You don't run against them. I think they're averaging like about uh, what are they giving them? One point two yards in the Big Ten. One oh, oh Penn State per carry in the in the Big Ten. Well, overall they're one point six, and that's the lowest per yeah. carry in the country. Um, I I I don't yeah I don't see. I mean I think that's where Penn State will win the game with its defense. Um, you know, I'm interested to see what they do offensively. I think if they can run the ball, you know, if they can run the ball half as well as Wisconsin did, this yeah. game this game won't be close. Um, because, and I just, yeah. you know, and I, I don't know if they can. I'm just saying, if they, I mean, if, if they run the ball effectively, Penn State will win the game. And I think I still see them winning um, because of because of its defense. Yeah, and that's why to me, that's why to me, it's Shea Patterson has to be. Shea Patterson's got to turn into like he's got to be that 
you know, the Brian Lewerke we've seen over the last couple of years from Michigan State, yeah. or, or Kenny Pickett and actually find the end zone. Right, right. Mark, thank you again for your time. Really appreciate it. Please remind Always enjoy it, Rich. Hey, please remind the listeners where they can find your work. Once again, it's at mcall, M-C-A-L-L dot com. You can find this podcast on writingeagle.com and wherever podcasts are available. We welcome your feedback. You can find my content in the Reading Eagle and media news group publications in the Philadelphia area and on readingeagle.com. You can find links to my stories on Twitter at Nittany Rich. We'll return next week when we review the Penn State-Michigan game and look ahead to the Lions' trip to Michigan State. This has been the Nittany Rich Show. Thanks for listening.